Pantheon Film Critics, your favorite source for mildly pretentious, semi-uneducated, and highly unqualified opinions on movies. I'm Noah, and I am joined by... Kayla. I, t- I switched it up a little. I said I'm joined I by... Know, that was a last, me off for a second. A last-minute decision. Crazy times. So, happy Valentine's Day to all, to all listening. Um, it's the Valentine's Day week. Which also means it is Kayla's birthday week, because her birthday is on Valentine's woo, Day. Woo, woo, woo. It's a good, it's one of those days that, like, people always get excited when they hear my birthday's on Valentine's Day, and I'm like, it's really not as great as you would think. I bet it's not very great at all. Because, especially, like, if your friends are in relationships, and you're not, I mean, not that it's that big of a deal, but, like, I can't ever do anything, actually, on my birthday with because people. Because your friends are all Because they're all, like, something. married or doing, going on dates or taking, like, or even, like, a birthday weekend. Like, I'll be like, oh, okay, well, maybe not on Valentine's Day, but you all want to do something, like, the day after or the day before. Like, because it'll be on a weekend. And they're like, no, sorry, we're taking a birthday or, like, taking a Valentine's Day weekend trip. And I'm like, God. So that's why <laughs> we are talking about Valentine. No, <laughs> we are talking about movies because a lot of people, you know, maybe you do want to watch a rom-com with a significant other, but maybe you're by yourself on Valentine's Day. Nothing wrong with that. No. Watching some fun, some nice rom-coms uh, by yourself on Valentine's Day. So here we have five recommendations for you, five rom-coms or non-stereotypical Valentine's Day movies. So we tried to pick, I mean, we threw in a couple classics, as you'll see, but we tried to pick a nice variety, you know? Yeah, so you don't have to keep re-watching The Notebook, you know, other very whatever you want to call it movies yeah i mean not i'm not saying that these are movies no one's ever heard of because a lot of them they have but maybe ones you wouldn't think of readily to yeah. watch on valentine's exactly we tried to find a nice curation i think that's a good word we tried to curate your yeah valentine's we've got Day. a couple comedies we've got a couple that you know are more for a younger crowd you could say Hey, 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 or or any age, any, any age, age, but ones that are like you know. Yeah, 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 for sure. I really like this this selection. Do you want to just jump into it with our first recommendation? Yeah, absolutely. The first one on our list is Sleepless in Seattle. All right, already coming in with the with the classics, with the classics. Um, We've got Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Right. Yeah. Who only share two minutes of screen time you can believe that yeah because there's a little part 20 minutes from the ending and then there's the ending do you want to read the quick synopsis of what this movie's about yeah um so a recently widowed man's son calls a radio talk show in an attempt to find his father a partner yep so pretty simple jonah calls into the talk show and is like my dad is lonely and then sam ends up being on as well that's the dad and this lady from across the country is listening in her car she's already engaged but she you know so she's conflicted because she's like i'm in love with this man that i've never met and heard his voice on the radio and they call him sleepless in seattle and then the whole thing is about her kind of trying to track him down or send him a letter and meet him 
It's great. It's a, yeah. It sounds that's creepy when you put it that way. I mean, it, it is a creepy concept. <laughs> not gonna lie. Like I mean, yeah. Luke. Luke even said because he had like walked down while my mom and I were watching, and he was like, "If this was the other way around." It would be really bad. Very weird. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a like a rom com plot. Now, was this your first time seeing this movie? This was my first time watching this movie. Wow. Now I've seen it multiple times because I grew up watching rom coms all the time. And I watched it alone, so I gave it the it's it gets the the approval check of you you can watch it alone because I did so. Yeah, I enjoyed this. It was fun. It kind of reminded me not as good because I think this is like the best case scenario for that kind of movie, but like how a movie like Groundhog Day can have such a simple concept, but like when the script mm. is really is really sharp and well done and everything moves the exact way it should, it comes together really well, you know? Yeah. Kind of like a lot of like 90s movies I feel like fit in that category. Yeah, and we don't really see rom-coms like this anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like a lot of recent rom-coms are like focused around more, I don't know, dramatic young love. And this is kind of like older people who yeah, just for live sure. in their lives. Yeah. Can we talk for a second about Tom Hanks' great um style in this movie oh my gosh <laughs> he's got some great sweaters he's ah oh, man i just need to raid tom hank's closet from sleepless so in that Seattle, you I can think. look like a dad <laughs> yes a, a night a dad a 90s dad yeah it's basically um, a dad wardrobe i love it i love it yeah classic 90s dad it's good style i think it, it, it works I mean, that's the same thing with, like, watching Full House is it's, like, they're always wearing their dad sweaters, and I'm like, I (laughs) wish I had that sweater. Yeah, it's a great, uh, some great style. I really liked, uh, the the kid actor performance in this one. He's funny. I thought that was very good. Like, it was definitely on that line, like, where if he had gone a little too much farther, I think it would have gone to the point where it's, like, the annoying kid actor kind of thing. Yeah. Like, all right, all right, trying too hard. But he, like, just stayed um far like away from that enough where it was kind of like all right he's still like it's funny you know the yeah work. so what kind of person would you recommend this movie to um i don't know i think it works on a lot a lot of different levels i think if you're definitely looking for something something that's not too stressful because like you know it's in, especially since it's a rom-com you know how it's gonna turn out but it's not like it's not like the plot is so complex that you're like waiting at bated breath for any moment. It's just fun to watch where it goes. Like, all right, what is she gonna do now? Oh, she's gonna go this way, this way. Um, it's very fast paced, so like it just keeps you engaged the whole time. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but I think it's definitely like a really light watch, and it's a really fun just to be along for the ride. It's also very quick. I felt like the movie wasn't like it was it's not a very long. Time. Yeah, just an hour, 46 minutes, so it's really, like, a good popcorn movie, you know? Like, watching at night with some popcorn. I think this is a great movie for someone who is in a relationship that they're unsure about. So maybe you're in a relationship, and you're not spending Valentine's Day together. Maybe you're in a long-distance relationship. I don't know. Whatever it may be. And you have cold feet about it, or you're, like... I'm not feeling this, and you kind of need someone like Meg Ryan 
to tell you that maybe they're not right for you. Maybe there's someone mm. else who you're supposed to have that magic moment with. Mm. So this movie might be your breakup movie. I would recommend this or Midsommar to anyone who oh is my. looking for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you haven't seen it. This Midsommar is great for that stuff. Um, No, that's a good point. Uh, everyone needs Meg Ryan or Rosie O'Donnell to tell them if that if they need a new relationship. Rosie O'Donnell in this is like the best friend wingman that you want to be. Yeah, I, like, I agree. I yeah, agree. dump the guy that you're with and secretly fly across the globe, and I'll lie for you, and you can yeah. you know find out if this person is maybe a serial killer or not. I love um, Rosie O'Donnell pretending to be straight in this movie. <laughs> that's really that's really a great a, some great give some great moments like it's definitely like she's not she's not used to talking about this kind of stuff but she's like oh yeah this guy is he is hot like, all right all right this is very 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 funny um yeah i would recommend this one definitely a good one yep next on the list jumping ahead uh 24 years in time wow 20, is that really 24 years? Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. By that point, what's the kid's name that sleeps in Seattle? Jonah. By that point, Jonah would have would be like 34. Or, no, how old is how he? How old is he in the movie? Seven? Is he like 10? I feel like he's... I think he's eight. Okay, so he's eight. So Jonah would be 32 years old when this big sick comes out. That's the movie, Big Sick. The Big Sick. 2017. And this is available on Amazon Prime. Yeah, so highly, highly available for all the listeners out there. Um, Before we get into the movie, I just want to say Bo Burnham gives a great performance in this movie. And that's the best part about it. You can't convince me otherwise. Anyway, The Big Sick. Um, Do you want to read the summary for our listeners? So The Big Sick is about Pakistan-born comedian Kamal Nanjiani and grad student Emily Gardner, and they fall in love but struggle as their cultures clash. When Emily contracts a mysterious illness, Camille finds himself forced to face her feisty parents, his family's expectations, and his true feelings. Wow. So basically, he, um, his culture is, you know, his family in the movie is trying to set him up with, like, an arranged marriage and he's a comedian and they want him to be a doctor or like some kind of you know science profession and she's white so his family obviously is very against her and his you know he like kind of hides the relationship and stuff yeah it's good it's funny uh it's a it's based on his real life yeah, he wrote it with his wife, which is yeah, the grad student. Who, so yeah, someone else plays her. Yeah, someone else plays her. But that's that whole concept. Like when you know the backstory is really interesting. How it's based on his life, and he wrote it with his wife, and everything. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool. Um, I know there's some kind of differences in it, but it's yeah, yeah. it's based on a true story. This is a really like I like this one a lot because it's not. It's not that deep, but also they do. There are a lot of interesting and important subjects touched upon, um, especially like that culture clash kind of idea. Yeah. And I really did like getting to like. I like when movies give you a look into other people's cultures when they made it, so you know it's like as real as possible. It's not like whitewashed. Yeah. He 
was true to how what his experience was so it gives you a lot of cool perspective on that i think yeah i do like the whole stand-up comedian kind of aspect too i think that adds a nice layer um yeah and how that kind of contributes with him relating to her family when yeah she's sick i think that's really interesting yeah it's it's heartwarming yeah. It's got a lot of ups and downs in it, too. So sometimes you're like, oh, you're, like, frustrated because yeah, yeah. either a character or, like, even him, is his journey is, like, he's being frustrating and being a dick. And you're like, just man up. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then, you know, you're, like, cheering for him at the same time. Yeah, and it's one of those. Cheering yeah. for her and trying to want her to feel empowered. So just this whole... Like it's the whole back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, and then yeah. you, yeah, I'm not gonna spoil the ending. But yeah, we yeah, don't want to spoil. No, it. it's a good one. It's it's yeah. different. It's it's not like your typical, you know, rom com because no, there's yeah. just a lot of elements in it that you wouldn't really expect in like a comedy. Because yeah. there's a lot of like, I mean, it's handled well, but a lot of like racial elements. Um, yeah, for as, sure. As you said, but. And um, I mean, it's definitely more his. story on this side yeah for for some reasons because like she's in the hospital for most of the movie well she's in a coma for basically no. yeah so but <laughs> i think one thing i like is that this movie gets into on his side like more than just the romantic relationship like you learn a lot more about him as a person yeah you experience a lot of different stuff with him rather than just like is he gonna get together with the girl you know so like it gives you a little a little more story there too, and like the whole comedian thing, like I was saying. Ten out of ten. Well, okay, we're not gonna we're not gonna <laughs> give ratings. Um, I'm just kidding. I think I gave this like four stars. Or I gave it. I think I gave it four too. It's like a classic four star movie. I feel yeah, like. like it's good, but it's not great. It's not like a masterpiece. But it's definitely like in terms of a high quality rom com. It's yeah. on the higher end of the spectrum. Oh yeah, for of sure, like movie for sure. quality because a lot of rom coms are like hearty, hearty, har, and yeah. they're not yeah, very yeah, yeah. like good quality. You know what I mean? I mean, I love yeah. them anyway. But this is like, if you're kind of like a cinema person, like you're you're not usually a fan of rom coms. This yeah. is the movie out of our five for you to watch. Yeah, this is. I mean, not to, like, spoil any more thoughts, but, like, out of the five we picked, this is my favorite one out mm, of the five. It's not my um, favorite out of the five, but... I mean, the other... It's probably... It's either my favorite or tied for my favorite, but I think that this is... um, It's a great one. And like you said, that's a good point. If you're not usually into rom-coms, this is definitely the one to check out because it will give you some extra little stuff to, yeah. to pay attention to so now we'll go to a quick ad and then when we come back we'll get into three more rom-coms for you to watch in this valentine's day season and we're back Happy Valentine's Day again from the crew. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. Let's jump oh into gosh. the next movie. Yeah. Arguably one of the greatest cinematic universes of all time. Oh, yeah. Are they going to make a third one? I it's feel like, rumored. I feel they, like it's rumored. I 
I'm not sure if it was confirmed. Let me look. Rumors are spreading about a possible third Princess Diaries movie that will be exclusive to Disney+. Plus. According to MovieWeb, this third movie would most likely adapt the storyline of the latest book, The Princess Diaries, Volume, whatever, Royal Wedding. Spoiler, in that book, Mia's about to marry her love interest, Michael, when she discovers that her father had another daughter named Olivia, a half-black girl living in New Jersey. That is not what I want! (laughs) I want a movie of her and Chris Pine married with a kid, and they're... Raising the royal baby. That's what I want. This is Princess Diaries 2 from 2007. 2004. Four. I don't know why I said seven. That's not (laughs) even on this. It's 2004. Anyway, I saw this movie in the theaters. Princess Diaries 2. You did? I did not. That's pretty cool. I think I did. Because I'm pretty sure someone I knew was having a birthday party. And you know when like kids do birthday parties at the movie theater? And like everyone goes. We saw this movie. Cool. Yep. Sounds like a good, that sounds like a great birthday party. <laughs> That's actually perfect because there is like that sleepover scene, which is kind of like a birthday party scene. It's literally you know? like this is one of the best sleepover movies, both of them, but like this one especially. Oh yeah, and a, and you have um, Julie Andrews singing at the sleepover scene. Oh, and it's such a good scene. That whole scene when they're going down on mattresses yeah. is like I always wanted to do that. I always wanted to have her closet. Oh my gosh. It's I wanted to have her whole room. Um, to read the synopsis really quick. Uh, now settled in Janine. I how do you say Genovia. It? Genovia. Gosh, I haven't seen this in a while. Noah. I haven't seen this in a long time. <laughs> now settled in Genovia, Princess Mia faces a new revelation. She is being primed for an enraged marriage to an English suitor. Now, this movie is basically like so hardcore women rights because it's like groundbreaking for its time for women's rights because she the whole thing is basically she's gonna take over as queen she's graduated college she's coming back to genovia she's ready to take the throne queen's gonna retire and then parliament who's all white men is like She's supposed to be married because Lord Devereux, uh, well, the uncle of the, of Nick wants to steal the throne. What a jerk. Steal the crown. And so he's trying to, like, weasel his his nephew into the throne. Yes. With the stipulation that Mia needs to be married. Mm-hmm. And so they give her 30 days to get married. And she's like, how am I supposed to find love in 30 days? And she was going to, like, give up everything for this dude. And then, uh, like, falls in love. And then in the end, she's like, women's rights. I don't need a man to ru- rule the country. And then, like, in the end, it shows, like, the sneak peek of, like, women being in parliament and putting on the, like, wigs. It's great. It's a, it's great, a great movie. Like, there's so many good things happening. It's empowering for young women to watch this and, like, girls to, like, believe that they can be a princess, too. Well, that one scene with the uh, the parade. I cry every is time. It's a great scene. I cry uh, every time. Oh. I, I, that's a great scene. This is. It also was a lot of funny moments, and Chris Pine is in this. And like, did what it? How, how did we deserve Chris Pine to be See, in Princess Diaries too? Here's my my secret. <laughs> I never have in my life thought that Chris Pine was attractive. He well, I. But disagree. like, he's like, but but. But, like, everyone thinks he's, like, this godsend. 
And that's fine. They can think what they want to think. But for me, growing up, I never was like, like, everyone that was, I was friends with that was older than me, we would watch this and they would all be like, oh, he's so attractive. And I would just be like, what are they talking about? I just like him and Mia's chemistry. Yeah. I think it's no, really good. No, they're cute together. And it's really fun. I'm happy for to them. To watch. And it's a really fun, like, will they, won't they? Because it's like, she's always involved with another dude. I do feel bad for that one guy that she stands up. Because that and guy's a dope. You know that what's guy's a man. so, like, funny? Is, like, I've watched this, but, like, the last time I watched it before just this week was probably, like, a year or so ago. But I guess in my mind, growing up, I always imagined that guy, Andrew, to be, like, an older... Like, I don't know why in my head, but he had always been kind of, like, in his 30s with, like, a bald spot on his head. No, he's a great guy. And then I was watching it this time, and he's, like, 24 or something. Like, they said he's 24, and I was like... Wow, he's actually, like, a good bachelor. Yeah, But, like, yeah, growing yeah. up, I had always been like, oh, he's so, like, ugly and he's not yeah, yeah. good for her. But then this time I was like, wait, he's a good guy. And I think that's one thing that this actually does better than Sleepless in Seattle. I know, Princess Diaries 2 is better than Sleepless in Seattle. You heard it here first, folks. Is that, like, the guy in Sleepless in Seattle that she has to dump, I mean... It's kind of weird because it's, like, back and forth. But he's obviously portrayed as, like, a little bit of a buffoon. Like, he's obviously, like, not who you want her to end up with. You don't want Meg Ryan to end up yeah, with this like guy. The, yeah. It's like, this is not how it's supposed to happen. But in Princess Diaries 2, it's like, he's a good guy. And he's obviously, like, he's nice. And, and like, he was, he... like, willing to give up everything yeah. for the throne. Yeah. So the message is not like, oh, you have to be with, you don't want to be with a stupid guy. You got to go with the, the good guy. Like, it's like there's sometimes you're not meant to be with someone, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's a lot better of a message than in Sleepers in Seattle when the guy, like, they portray the guy as, like, the worst ever. Like, I mean, he's nice, but he's just obviously not what you want. Yeah. Not, it's like, <laughs> it's not, yeah. I think Princess Diaries 2, a great time. It's on Disney Plus, so... Yeah, this is the perfect, like... I mean, watch the first one, too. Yeah, they're both on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, we're not talking about the first one, but I'm just gonna say a real real important scene in my life is the guy playing piano eating the (laughs) M&Ms on the piano keys. (laughs) That always was, that was always something that I aspired to and probably, and has really informed my, my, uh... My love of piano, I think. Wow. Uh, so, shout out to him. Yeah, Thank you. I think if they do make a new one, it'll be a really big deal. Like, it yeah. would be... Because everyone, like, my age... No, yeah, everyone loves these. Loves Princess Diaries. Like, it's so iconic. Yeah. And I feel like it's a risky... It's a risky thing to make a third one. This is a crazy... This is actually, like, a crazy movie. It's Anne Hathaway... And Julie Andrews. And like, even, like, in, Chris Pine is a big <clears throat> Chris name. Pine. Like, and especially even back going back to the first one, like, this really, like, I mean, it's, like, not, like, a crazy plot, like, but it's a technically, like, original IP, um, like, original story, like, these big names just making this movie. And I think we need more of that. We need more Princess Diaries in Hollywood. Yeah, agreed.
So there's another one for you all to watch. Um, this is a good one, I think, for a group. So if you do have a, if you have a group. Yeah, maybe you're doing like a Valentine's night with your friends. A yeah, Galentine's it, Day. This is a good Galentine's Day movie. And a guy, like if guys do it, I mean. You yeah, I'll do it too. I'll watch this movie. <laughs> what Gosh. a guy, guy in times. <laughs> guy in times. I don't know how, I don't know how you would. Well, another movie that I think is actually a good one to watch uh, with a group is 13 Going on 30. And that is our next pick. Uh, this is one that, I think this is a, even shorter than Sleepless in Seattle. This is about an hour 30, I believe. This is a great movie. Is that because it's a great movie or because Mark Ruffalo plays a great guy in the movie? Because <laughs> he definitely, he definitely informs some of my opinion on the movie. I am in love with Mark Ruffalo in this movie. This is Mark Ruffalo's greatest character. Because like, oh god, he's so great. He's such a great guy in this movie. He's such a cool. This this dude is playing talking heads at a thirteen year old's birthday party. What a legend! All right, so basically the plot of this movie is they start out as kids. They're thirteen, and she makes a wish on her thirteenth birthday that she could be third. Like she wishes she could be thirty. Thirty, flirty, and thriving. Yeah, so basically she is best friends with this guy Matt as a kid and he's kind of the not as likable. Like he's not very popular. He's nerdy. He'd po- hey, he'd be popular with me. This I guy's think- the best. <laughs> this guy goes over to get his Casio during the birthday party. No, he's cool. He's cool. Um but she she's you know, classic 13-year-old yeah, girl. She yeah. wants to fit in with the cool kids. The cool kids are making fun of her. So then she makes this wish that she could be 30, and she wakes up as a 30-year-old woman, but she's, like, a 13-year-old, basically, because she doesn't yeah. have any life experience. But she's working at this magazine, and, you know, she's she's kind of preppy at this point. She's rich. She's not, like, very cool anymore. She's kind of, like, a hard-ass, basically. Or what was she yeah. called? Like, a tough tough bitch or something yeah, yeah, yeah. in the movie like that's basically who she is at this point in the yeah. future she's bit she's not like the the best person morally yeah yes. so she goes and tries to find him and you know we don't want to give it away but she, yeah but that's like basically it is yeah. she reconnects with him as a 30 year old but she's 13 in a 30 year old body yes and yes. so he's like super confused uh but like obviously you want them to fall in love but he's like so yeah. nice in this oh uh, it is yeah she, he really is like he's, great. he's so cute and he's, and he's like, wearing a talking head shirt as like a, an adult yeah uh, he's like I the love artsy. This guy. he's a photographer he's artsy he's sweet the best part of this too we're i it's kind of a spoiler i don't really care whatever um because she since she goes back in time and then they get together like later in life you know I feel like all these rom-coms always end with one of the people, like, dumping the person they're with, like, randomly. Yes. And I always feel so bad for them. Like, they're about to get married, and they're like, actually, no. But, like, it doesn't end like that because she gets transported back in time. So he doesn't Yeah, so they just go back person. in time. I mean, we know that's going to happen through the whole movie. Yeah. So it's not really a spoiler. But, yeah, she goes back in time, and then she's like, I love you. Which is amazing, because it's like they're 13, so then they end up together, and it's so cute. I'm just making sure she, though, when she comes back to her 13-year-old self, does she have all the memories she did when she became, when, like, she went 
to be 30? Does she know all that stuff? Yeah. Okay. So she, so she has those, because I didn't know, maybe she just had like a feeling that she wanted to, like, she had like a general No, yeah, I think she knows. But it's one of those things that she probably, like, as a kid, she's like, oh yeah, that actually happened. But as she gets older, she like thinks it's a dream or something, you know? She definitely needed some therapy after that, though. Um, that was definitely no uh, the therapy was not even real therapy it was just them being together and him giving her okay okay tapes. okay i'm just saying that if was i therapy. got transported to my 30 year old self i would definitely need some therapy uh, that would be awful uh, i don't an, i don't need that be an awful experience yeah no not... this movie's great it's fun like that thriller scene there's a scene uh. in it where like because she you know was 13 when the thriller music video yeah. came out. She like does the thriller dance. So it's a big yeah. thing. And she like goes to this party and she's like, Oh, well to pump up the party, we just need to like do thriller. And so she starts doing the thriller dance yeah. on the dance floor. And obviously everyone knows it. Like I even yeah. know the thriller dance. Like it's a big, you know, it's a big thing. I don't know. The and, thriller uh, maybe it's just like a girl thing. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't I don't know. the thriller <laughs> <dance>. <laughs> Um, no. Yeah. And that scene is like iconic. It, like it makes me it's smile every time. Like it hypes me up. And the best part about it is, well, okay, here's a couple of best parts. Um, because, okay, like you said, a lot of people know the thriller dance, but there's no way that everyone at that party in real life would know every yeah. move perfectly. No, yes, they would because they were kids when it came out. It was so big. Like, I mean, okay. it's like, no, no, listen, listen, gonna... listen, 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 no. listen. Okay, no, that you say That wasn't a yours. complaint. That wasn't a complaint. <laughs> I'm saying it's unrealistic that everyone would know the thriller dance perfectly. And it's unrealistic that that would happen. But what makes it great is that it happens anyway. I think it's and plausible. So I don't think it's plausible at because, all. Because, because, think, okay, so everyone, at least close to our age, but like everyone who's... I don't know, 15, 10 to 15 right now, 10 to 16 years old, knows the renegade dance. I don't know the renegade dance. You're not in the 10 to 15 year old <laughs> age category. But I still, I feel like But I am. like, it's so big now that in like, okay, all right. 25 years at a party, someone plays that song, all the people who were 10 to 15 at the time that it's big right now it's gonna be like oh renegade renegade the worst thing i've ever seen i would not be here for that um no i okay so maybe it's plot maybe it's plausible but i I feel like in the context of the movie it doesn't like especially that boss it does not seem like he would be the kind of guy to get up there and do the thriller dance okay but that's what make but i feel like that's to the credit of the movie because it works in the context. Yeah, it's so good. And it's almost like it, the movie it pauses for a second. And it's like the whole cast is like, okay, let's just do the thriller dance for like three minutes. And it's like, <laughs> okay, fine. We'll do the thriller dance. And like, it's almost like they're not in character because they're just smiling so much and they're having such a good time. It's like you're just watching Mark Ruffalo and Jennifer Gardner do the thriller dance just because oh they gosh. can. Oh my gosh, I love both of them too. Like, Like, they're just both such great people in real life too that like you watch this and you're like you can be happy about it because you know they're awesome people in real life too yeah it's like it's it's such a heartwarming movie Uh, everything goes the way you want it to yeah which is like kind of a theme with these rom-coms but this one especially like literally everything happens exactly the way you want it to at the end yeah 
it's the whole concept of like an adult acting like a kid yeah is really fun too just in itself like that's a fun movie trope it's not like an unknown thing yeah yeah um but it's definitely i think one thing that this one does do different is that instead of her just being an adult in the time that she was a kid it actually just jumps ahead like her entire life yeah so so it's not like she just becomes an adult in the moment she's in she actually like jumps ahead to when she's 30 so every so like mark i'm not mark so matt is 30 you know so that is a little different i think it's almost like time travel more i think it's crazy just to think about i mean it could be with a lot of these movies but i think this one especially like this would never get made today like this is they wouldn't fund this this would be a direct to like amazon video kind of movie yeah they would this wouldn't be like a theatrically released they wouldn't get this these stars because this these just aren't the kind of movies that studios want to make anymore which is sad right speaking of stars jennifer garner she is in the next movie which is love simon from 2018 yeah this is a pretty recent one and if you end up liking this movie there's a series coming to amazon prime i mean disney there plus is? yeah mm. they're making that makes a series. me actually so excited is it the same cast no it's about another kid who's in high school who hears a story and reaches out to simon oh. so nick robinson narrates it Okay. He's the That's character cool that concept. plays Simon. Or the actor cool. that plays Simon. Okay, anyway, so this movie, Simon Spear keeps a huge secret from his family, his friends, and all of his classmates. He's gay. Dun, 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 dun. When that secret is threatened, Simon must face everyone and come to terms with his identity. Mm-hmm. So it's based on a book series, originally. Yeah. Uh, I haven't read the book, but I've heard it's good. This is a good movie. I really like this movie. This reminds me, I mean, this is not my original thought. Other people have said this before. But like a John Hughes movie set in modern day. Yeah. That's what it reminds me of. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Even like the music it uses, like it uses very 80s inspired music. It uses a lot of Bleachers music, which I love Bleachers. So Yeah, same. Just the, it feels, it looks, the dialogue is like, it's just like a John Hughes movie. Just but today. So like tackling issues from today. Yeah. Did you watch this in theaters when it came out? I did. Okay, so talk about, even though it was only two years ago, I feel like the whole climate around LG, the LGBTQ community then was drastically different than even it is now. Yeah. I feel like. Because this was a very, like, mainstream movie, you know? Yeah. So I was not following this movie that much when it came out. So what were, like, the reactions on the internet? I mean, a lot of people loved it. I know a lot of queer celebrities doing making content and stuff posted about it. I saw a lot of people renting out theaters. Mm. Um, I know a lot of celebrities do that for, like, other movies as well. You know, renting out a theater and being like, go see this movie. It's important, especially for young uh, LGBTQ people to kind of watch this. I know there were a lot of high schoolers that I know that this movie was really important for them in their Mm. identity, um, sexual identity. And seeing their stories portrayed on the screen mm. is a big deal. And I like, uh, in a lot of the interviews and stuff, I know even, like, the main character, Nick, uh, he did an interview on Ellen, I believe, where his brother, I think it was, came out as gay oh, yeah, yeah. to him when the movie was being made. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, like, an empowering film and came out at a time that, like, young 
people in queer cinema had had started being seen more. Like, I mean, you think of one of the bigger ones in recent years is Andy Mack, which was a Disney Channel show that's since been discontinued, but had a, a character who came out as gay in it. And now, mm-hmm. obviously, we have, you know, High School Musical, the yeah. series, which has openly gay characters, which, like, that wasn't happening a lot in cinema or shows geared kind of towards a younger crowd. Especially since this is, like, the main crux of the movie. Yeah. Is that he's gay, but he isn't out. Well, and especially even in, in mainstream media, like you said. I mean, for this to come out in theaters and have, like, a great box office and a good response is a big deal, I think. It, it did great in the box office, like, and a lot of people to see it, which is also great. And I think it's just, like, this and Booksmart really strike me as two movies that are, like, teenage coming-of-age movies for, like, today, you know? Yeah. Same along the lines, like I was saying, John Hughes movies made in present day. They both have main characters, unfortunately all white main characters, which I guess we'll get there. Well, not in not all the main characters are white. Well, one. like the main subjects of the of the of the movies though. But I'm just saying like people that are more like teenagers today and dealing with issues that they go through today rather than ones that like they went through like in the 80s, you know, like yeah. which maybe some of them are still applicable. But a lot of them, like, are different, or there's very different ones. Like, in this one, there weren't people... Well, there were lots of people going through this in the 80s. But, like, this story couldn't have happened in the way this did in the 80s. You know? Yeah. That makes sense. And I think that's really important that we have movies like that that teenagers and kids can see and relate to now rather than, like, try to figure out how they're going to relate to something that came out 30 years ago. Yeah, exactly. Even with, like, something like... uh getting iced coffee, like, how that, that, like, little detail is something, like, that couldn't have been something, really, that could have been in a 80s movie, because, like, that wasn't, like, a thing you did, you didn't, but now that's, like, a thing, like, all teenagers love to do that, like, they love, oh, iced coffee, you know, which yeah. I was very impressed that they were all drinking it, except for one black iced coffee, um, <laughs> props to them, I'm also a black coffee drinker so uh represent yeah i think this is uh this is just a great movie it's very like while i was watching it like i didn't know where it was gonna go and it even like not to spoil anything specifically but like it takes like there's like a multiple twists in the movie but then it kind of goes back on a twist a little bit and you're like oh back back and forth so like i think that the way the movie unfolds is very entertaining and it kind of it keeps you engaged the whole time right until the end yeah it's funny it's got funny parts it's got dramatic parts inspirational parts yeah it's got great great characters tony hale is in it tony hale plays the best character in this movie tony (laughs) hale is me in any social situation in this movie i love it i and okay i did write this in my letterbox review too but the best part of this movie is when simon comes back after like being outed and everything and like it's obviously like really awkward and everything but tony hale is wearing a little gay pride pin and it's like they don't even mention it but he's just he's just wearing it but he wasn't and he wasn't wearing it before simon was outed but it's like such like a cute awesome little detail that like he's just wear wearing a little pin on his jacket yeah best vice principal award goes to he really is he really is i love him another little thing i liked too how in movies like this especially like high school movies where it's like a big kind of conspiracy and the 
the kid has to kind of lie and everything and like do all these little things to kind of do it all you know like classic stuff because like has how the story has to work but like usually and happens in this movie that has to mean that the main character has to do some pretty like terrible things you know to people like yeah happens in this movie but a lot of times i feel like the movie just kind of lets the main character get away with it and it's like well it's fine because it happened it's all turned out okay in the end but in this movie i feel like he does have to kind of deal with like the things that he's done and yeah. uh, the people that he's kind of impacted and hurt along the way. And I think that's really good too. Cause I feel like a lot of these movies are like, you kind of like look at the plot afterwards. You're like, well kind of was a terrible person. Yeah. I mean, he was just saving his own ass. Yeah. The movie kind of, it makes the character like um, deal with it in like a way that is actually real rather than just like letting him get away with it, which I think is good. Yeah. Makes the movie feel a little more realistic, I guess. Yeah, good Valentine's Day movie. It's different. So those are five movies to watch this Valentine's Day, whether alone, with a significant other, with a group with a of group, significant yeah. others. Not saying I support polygamy. I'm saying like a group oh of like God. significant <laughs> others, like not, okay, yes. Friends, uh, a friends. group of friends. Yes, those Five movies are Sleepless in Seattle, The Big Sick, Princess Diaries 2, and 1, if you want to watch that, 13 Going on 30, and Love, Simon. Five movies for you to watch. Amazing. It's pretty fun, pretty fun episode. Our next episode will be coming out on the 17th of February. We will be going over the Oscar wins, which actually, when you're listening to this, if you're listening to it the day it comes out, the Oscars aired yesterday. So we will be going over all of the probably controversy. Um, we don't know what happens right now. You know more than us. Yeah, we'll we'll be going over all that stuff, which will be. I mean, it'll be fun. I don't know if it will be like necessarily fun in the way that we'll like all the winners, which we probably won't. But it'll be. It's just fun to talk about the Oscars. So we'll be doing that, kind of like as a follow up to our episode last week where we went over the nominations. Yeah. You can follow us on Twitter at Secondhand Film, on Facebook and Instagram at Secondhand Film Pod. You can subscribe to the podcast on all streaming platforms. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review and a rating. They really yep. help us get us up in those charts, get us in more people's listening spaces. And we also just like reading them. It's fun to read reviews and see what you guys think. You can also go to our socials that we just kind of plugged and uh talk to us on there always happy to hear from our fans our secondhand listeners <laughs> our secondhand film listeners secondhand filmers i don't know we'll we'll workshop that um <laughs> until next time i'm noah and i'm kayla and we're, we're your, your second film critics